Come on, let's quickly pray. Jesus, I pray that in this moment, if there's any area in our heart that isn't soft, that isn't prepared, well, ready to receive your word, that you would prepare our hearts right now. Thank you, God, that you can take a heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. We want your word to be sown into good ground so that we can receive an amazing eternal harvest. Um, God, I pray that if there's any healing needed, direction or anything that we, that our people need, that they'd receive it today. Uh, we submit you now. Uh, we want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection on us and our children. We pray that you would minister to us in this place and that for anyone who's without hope in Tableview or Camps Bay or in Maltbus today, that they would open up their hearts to you and receive you as their Savior in Jesus' name. And everyone believe it said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to have you in the house, in Tableview and Camps Bay. Uh, Camps Bay has been going for just over a month, and today we are doing our first baptism service in Camps Bay. Come on, should we just give a big round of applause to our Camps Bay family? Um, and we're also baptizing people at Malkbos and Tableview today. So, so straight after the service, we will be celebrating with those people. And, and baptism is the wedding ring of Christianity. And what we, the reason we say that is in our hearts, when we get married, we decide. This, I want to make a covenant, a commitment to, well, Leanne and I got married to each other. So we made a, a commitment, a covenant to each other in our marriage. And these rings tell you that we've made that commitment um, in our hearts. Baptism is a Declaration of what God has done in our life. He saved us in our hearts. We've given our hearts to Him and we go public with our faith. Jesus was baptized. We're following His example. And we also see the promise as we um, acknowledge Christ publicly uh, um, that He acknowledges us before our Father in heaven. There's this blessing as we go public with our faith. So we're gonna be celebrating after the service with everyone who's getting baptized. We are so excited for you. Listen, you know, we've only lost two people people in baptism and he's joking but like like think about that if you do die in the waters of baptism you go straight to heaven it's actually not a bad place but I was baptizing people in Zambia and there was a croc in the river. And so, so I just went for sprinkling after that. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, anyway. So I was like, no, no, I don't know if I want to be fully, fully submerged in the Zambezi with this person. But when I baptized them, I came up with a crocodile, but it was a Christian crocodile. No, bad, bad jokes. Here all day, but we'll be baptizing people after the service here, and Camps Bay will be doing exactly the same. So we're doing our fourth week of Rhythms of Grace, and we've been speaking about being in God's rhythm of grace. If you are new, you missed out on that, you can go to our YouTube page, View Church Tableview on YouTube, or to our podcasts on iTunes, and you can listen to the messages we've preached. But, but today, I'll not only talk about uh, what God wants to put on your life, but I also want to look at what's taking you out of that rhythm. And in Ezekiel 47, we see this picture, uh, we see the prophet declare this picture, and I haven't put this in my, my sermon notes, but it goes like this. The man brought me back to the entrance uh, to the entrance of the temple. So let's say somebody brought you to the entrance of Future's Table View, the doors over here. This it would be like the temple. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was trickling from the south side. 
As a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, then led me through water that was ankle deep. So let's say we see this water coming out of you, church, table view in Camps Bay, and this person's leading you. And as you go out, you see the water first measured um, ankle deep. The man, um, of course, then goes further. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water which was that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was waist deep, and he measured off another thousand, uh, but this, it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river, uh, um, of course, that it says I could not cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw great number of trees on each side of the river. So what we see here is a picture of this life-giving river flowing out of the church in a way. And as it goes out, the church gets deeper. And of course, what we're believing for is a move of God that goes with you. And as you go with God into your, your week, that, that you truly are living in the river of God, in the grace of God. See, the blessing of living in the grace of God is the deeper you go, the more you can carry. Come on, anyone try to lift up something heavy in water? Come on, it's way easier in water. But the other part that's a blessing is the deeper you go, the more you know that you're flowing in the direction that God wants to take you in this life. So when you're all in with God, that's when you truly start to live and go in the way God wants you to go. But you need to trust God. You need to be all in. See, if you're ankle deep, if you're knee deep, if you're waist deep, you can still be in control, but you're not experiencing the blessing and the grace of God and what He wants you to carry. And you also don't actually know if you're going the way that God wants you to go. So Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the Message Bible was our key verse. And it goes like this. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, anyone wanna live freely and lightly? Anyone feel that ill-fitting thing that came on us in the first half against England? It pretty much lifted a bit in the second half, eh, when we scrummed them. Like England were still in the scrums if the ref just blew before they made contact. But after that, it was over. Any, Man United supporters, you've been wearing something ill-fitting for about seven weeks now. Hey, I know you're trying to get rid of that and you're waiting for the press to tell you that that weight is off your shoulders. Liverpool, we've been in the middle of that river. Flowing, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nothing ill-fitting. In New Zealand right now, I think they've just put a lot of ill-fitting weight off that loss to France and Ireland. But, but we don't want to live in a place where what we're carrying is ill-fitting. But I do think that you and I can have the plan and purposes of God in our life, but try to carry it ankle deep. And immediately what was supposed to be a blessing, you think is not God's will for your life. I remind you that, that God's will requires God's grace. God's got grace. God's plan, God's provision. God's vision, God's provision. He will not call you to something He'll not help you with. He'll not call you to something He'll not provide for you in. God wants you to live for Him, but He'd like you to be all in. 
because it's all in that it's a bit lighter and that you keep by His grace and mercy going in the right direction. There are things that cause this life to feel ill-fitting or maybe we put on things that are ill-fitting and I wanna look at four things that, that sort of take us out of the rhythm of grace. Number one is we hold on to what's heavy. So hear me, I'm not saying we aren't called to carry what's heavy, but we hold on to what's heavy. I've heard one pastor say that, and this is for the men in the room and table view online and can span this year. If you haven't shared the service online, I encourage you to share it, your friends will see it. But for the men, they say that you and I are like, um, I think it's 16 wheeler trucks or 18, 18 wheeler trucks. I can't remember what, what the number of wheels are on the truck. But, but what it, the, this pastor meant by it is that men, we're supposed to carry something in this life. You and I were designed to carry something. And if you were designed to carry something, then you were also designed to be in the grace of God. You can't carry what you're supposed to carry outside of the grace of God. So you and I end up carrying heavy things, but we're supposed to be yoked with Jesus. If you look at a yoke, two cattle, you won't find two cattle that are of the same strength. You'll find one strong one and one weaker one. They, they've partnered the weaker one with the strong one and they start to learn a rhythm and they start to work the land. You and I are always the weaker party in our relationship with Jesus. We got Jesus, we yoke to Him and He makes us look way better than we are. Come on, we do things we couldn't do in our own strengths. We go further than we could ever go. We carry more than we could ever carry, but it's by the grace of God. It's by a partnership with God. John 16 verse 33 says, I've told you these things so that you in me and um, so that you in me may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So Jesus says you will have trouble but then he reminds you that he's overcome. You and I, when we face trouble, are supposed to face it with the one who's overcome. We're supposed to face hard times with the one who is more than a conqueror and with him we become more than conquerors in Christ. And we're supposed to face it with the one, our Savior, who's already paid the price for our sins. You're supposed to face the hard seasons of your life with the Savior of your life. That's what you're called to. But when you do face something tough without Him, it gets really tough. But when you face it with Him, it's like you become tougher. I encourage you not to brag about it. Give Him all the glory. I encourage you, listen, I say this to our team, but Jesus doesn't share the glory. That's why I, I make sure, I, I don't want to give myself glory and think that Jesus somehow is getting glory off it. He doesn't share the glory. He gets all the glory. And so I encourage you to position yourself whenever you become tougher and get victories, give it all the glory to God. Partner your life with Him. Of course, if we understand Jesus, what He's already done, and we maintain an uh, intimate relationship with Jesus, we'll maintain a healthy perspective. If we can stay in an intimate relationship with Jesus and remember what He's done and what He's overcome, we will keep a perspective in this life that will keep us committed, jumping into the depths of a relationship with Him. See, the heaviest things in this life are the things we don't allow Jesus to carry. The heaviest things in your life are the things you're not allowing Jesus to carry. Jesus is expecting you to ask Him to carry it. He actually is. 
Of course, we see in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Casting all your care. That's what that scripture says. He's expecting you to cast your care upon Him. He wants to carry it. See, you and I struggle to let go and let God and we forget that He wants to take our burdens. I reckon as a married couple, we do it the wrong way around. We wake up, we put all our burdens in a box, and then we hand it to our spouse. I want you to sort this out. And then we go to God's house and say, I've given all my burdens to my spouse. I want you to sort my spouse out. <laughs> then your spouse drops it because they were never designed to carry it without God, and now you put this job on them, and then they disappoint you, now you're upset with them, and you say, God, why did you give me the spouse? But you and I are supposed to give our burdens to God. And then why don't you go to your spouse and pray? So this is what I just handed over to God. And yes, together we say, well, with Jesus, nothing is impossible. But a lot of us are getting it the wrong way around. You're going to people about your burdens instead of first casting all your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. He's expecting you to ask Him. You and I carry our worries, our stress, our struggles. But whenever we do that, you need to go, this is a red alert sign that I'm not trusting God. Whenever you're carrying stress, worries, struggles, and you're not casting your cares upon God, it's because you actually are not trusting God. And as I say that, I wanna remind you that we all do that. We all take on too much. We forget to ask God for help. Whenever you step into a new season, God's expecting you to ask for help. Whenever you wake up every day, God's expecting you to ask for help. That's why He says His mercies are new every morning. Ask God for help, but when you don't, you're getting out of the rhythm that God wants to bring your life, a rhythm of grace. It pleases God to take on your burdens. It pleased God so much to take on our burdens that He sent Jesus to take on the greatest burden. That's how much it pleases God. Um, in, in Colossians 1, 19 to 20, in the NIV, it says, for God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. And of course, He's talking about Jesus. And through Him to reconcile Himself to all things. Of course, it goes to say, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. It pleased God to take on our burdens, especially the weight of our sin. Because the wages of sin is death, and you and I can't carry that weight. But the gift of God is eternal life. I love how um, in Hebrews 12, verse 1, it tells us we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So we've got a good support crew. But even as you got the support and, and heaven cheering you on, and, and you know, even in heaven, as we have family who are in heaven now cheering us on, it encouraged us. Therefore, since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So, so we get encouraged to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I encourage you when it comes to sin, keep a short account with God. Also find people. That's why I encourage you to get into a view group. Find a safe group of people. Because James says, you confess your sins to one another, you'll be healed. There's something that as you speak it, that Satan loses authority in it. But everything kept in secret, Satan plays with. Satan uses. 
But if you can find a safe place, you can have him lose his authority and you can put yourself back in the grace of God. And you're gonna let go of what's hindering, what's entangling you, what's holding you back. That's why I love the picture of water baptism. Water baptism is declaring that the old is gone, that you've buried the old man and you've risen up in Christ. That what used to entangle you is now buried. Now, of course, we can't bury you in the ground, but we can put you in the waters of baptism. For some of you, you're gonna be held down a bit longer, get rid of, no, I'm joking, no, no. We won't do that. I just, I'm thinking I'm a bit jealous because the water's warm now. I got baptized, there was ice, they broke through the ice, went down, Leonardo was there, there was enough space on the door. Anyway, bad joke, ha ha. Polar bear swam past. But, but that's the, the beauty. It's like what was heavy in Jesus, in the waters of baptism, becomes light. And what used to hold you down can no longer hold you down, so you rise up in Christ. In Christ, what the enemy wants to use you against you has to let go. It loses its grip. And you're in the grace of God. You know what else we do that takes us out of the rhythm of God's grace? We pick up that which God has not asked us to. We pick up stuff that God's not asked you to pick up. I reckon the number one reason is FOMO. Fear of missing out. Some of you or even thinking as a single person, maybe I'm not meeting my spouse because I'm at the wrong church service right now. <laughs> if I just was at another church service, I'd meet my spouse. Some of you think you're missing out on your destiny because you're doing the wrong job right now. Some of you think you're missing out on your destiny because you're living in the wrong country. I'm not saying God can't move you, but God moves with faithfulness in the now. <laughs> not a worry about tomorrow. Some of you even think you're missing out on the greatest marriage because of the person you're married to right now. Here's the thing, I wanna let you know, that covenant you've made, that's the one God wants to bless. God's waiting to bless your marriage right now. He's not, he's not gonna bless that other thing you're thinking about. He's gonna bless what has got a covenant. He's waiting to bless. The marriage you're looking for is sitting in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not in front of you. You're sitting next to your spouse. You're sitting next to you. But the fear of missing out, like I always used to joke, we'd go to, if we were out or at an event or on holiday and I'd joke with my brother-in-law, like we'd go, there'd be a buffet. I'd say, brew, this could be the last buffet you ever eat, bro. I could see it rolled him up and he would eat as much as he could. The fear of missing out on, on you know what I mean? Then he'd be very upset, overeaten. Why did you say that to me? That's some of us how we're doing life even. Somehow you're gonna get everything that you deserve. You can't give anything, you can't share, you can't be generous with your time, tell your treasure because it's all yours. Meanwhile, you're actually missing out because God says the seed you sow today determines your tomorrow. See, the thing is, you might be going, God's gonna use me greatly somewhere else. Well, well, your today determines your tomorrow. Not your tomorrow, your today. Today is the day of salvation. 
His mercies are new every morning. That's why I love walking around. I go to view. On Friday night, I took my girls to, uh, dropped off uh, Juliana and Zara was there. Leanne, I dropped uh, Juliana at the spring dance. And I saw the photos from Tailview and Malpo's kids. It was grade uh, four to, to six. Don't worry, there's space for the Holy Spirit. No, no slow dancing, just in rows, worship, and then synchronized dancing. Because it's a dodgy church here. But, but you know what I loved is before I saw the huddles, I saw the leaders, they're in the moment. Come on, let's serve these kids. I walked into kids' church, the huddle, in the moment. View City, I can see. Sabella and Kanye, in the moment. I reckon they got a great future. Why? Because they're living in the now. They're sowing in the now. They're not worried about the tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of itself. They're sowing today. They're present today. They're not picking up what God's not asking them to pick up. They take responsibility for what God's already put in their hand. And they're in the rhythm of grace. God is looking for the faithful and committed, not the maybe and in case. Not the maybe tomorrow and maybe someday in the FOMO. He's looking for the fa- It says he looks across the earth to see those who are fully committed to him, to show himself strong on their behalf. God's about to do a miracle in your life. He's about to become strong on your behalf right now. In the commitments, stay in His grace. But it's gonna take faith. Luke 9, 51 to 52 says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for Him to be received, and of course this is Jesus, uh, that He steadfastly, steadfastly set His face to go to Jerusalem. I love that. Jesus is focused on the mission. He knew the focus would bring a victory forever. Focused, not distracted. You know what? God wants to redeem even things that were lost right now as you serve Him today. See, the thing is what the enemy would bring to harm you, God will use to your good. You know what's crazy? We've got so many amazing people in our church who've had drug issues, now they're our best counselors. Who've gone through loss, now they're our best grief counselors. It's like, it's like God redeemed what the enemy tried to use to hurt them for good. But the key was living in the now. God's about to redeem even lost time today and in your future. You know, in Deuteronomy, it speaks about having a Hebrew servant come and serve you. And they say, they're allowed to serve for six years. On the seventh year, you must set them free. And when you set them free, you should give them of the profit they've brought into your house. So God's saying, even though they served you, I want you to bring redemption into their life. And then he says to them, and you must remember, if you do it this way, the six years he works for you will mean double reward than if you found somebody by yourself to work for you. If you follow my pattern, there's redemption on the six years and there's redemption for the servant. The owner gets redeemed and he's a God of redemption. He's a God who redeems. If you would just do it his way, redemption will come into your life. You will get double for your trouble. It's by the grace of God. We understand it. Third point. We don't drop unforgiveness. Yeah, we speak about this a lot in church and we have to, you know what? Because it says at the end times, people we love as themselves and they will not forgive. Matthew 6 verse 12 says, and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Forgive us our sins 
as we have forgiven those who sin against us. I don't know about you, but I've got too many problems to live in unforgiveness. <laughs> I need forgiveness too much to live in unforgiveness. I don't know if you're the same boat as me. Anyone else? I need forgiveness too much to hold on to unforgiveness. Forgive me, Jesus, if I, as I forgive those who sinned against me. Let it flow to me and through me. 2 Timothy 3, uh, 1 to 5 says, but mark this, speaks about the end times. There'll be terrible times in the last days. People love us themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, have, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So, so lovers of themselves, unforgiving, Of course, Peter says to Jesus in Matthew 18, 21, 22, and Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? It's like, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Of course, Jesus even is pointing out as much as is needed. How many times shall I forgive somebody? as much as needed. Why? Because you need forgiveness. You need it. You need it to flow through your life. I wanna ask you if in your house there's peace or do your kids hear the murmuring of unforgiveness on your lips or maybe it's got into your heart and forgiveness can't flow through your home anymore. And you speak about it, comes up in arguments, but you bring a priest into your home. So you can only give your family what you got. And, and, and so our relationship with Jesus requires trust in Him and forgiveness of others. Our relationship with Jesus requires a trust in Him and forgiveness of others. Peace is the prize when it comes to relationships. Peace is the prize when it comes to relationships. That's the prize. You know, I always think of Nelson Mandela, how he fought against racism from the pit of hell. Racism is a sin. It's a sin to think of yourself more highly than others. That's, that's in the Bible. But he would not let it get into his heart. I reckon. Why? Comes out of jail and he forgives. He brought peace into the land. Forgiveness brings peace. Don't justify your hurt and think you're going to bring a better future. I deserve to hold unforgiveness. It's not going to build anything. It's just will break everything. Peace builds. Last thing. Can I have some keys up? We throw away our confidence. 
We get out of the rhythm of grace because we throw away our confidence. In a way, we choose timidity over authority. And what would timidity be if you look at it? It's when you throw away your confidence. So we choose to throw away our confidence instead of living in authority. We lack courage and confidence. And Hebrews 10 verse 35 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what He has promised. It goes on to say, and I take no pleasure in the ones who shrink back. I encourage you not to shrink back. You hear the lies of the enemy, don't shrink back. This country's going nowhere, don't shrink back. Because it says 2 Corinthians 10, 45, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when you hear bad news, the economy, you submit to God, resist the devil. You keep sowing seeds. You keep putting God first. You keep honoring God with your time, your talent, your treasure. You put the armor of God and you stand the shoes of readiness, belt, truth, best for righteous, shield of faith. House of Ashton, Holy Spirit, you submit to God, resist the devil, pray, age of protection. You take authority. You don't throw away your confidence. You don't get all timid and I don't know if it's going to work out. No, no, no. You stand on the Word of God. Because it says, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will stand. Come on. His Word is going to stand. You better stand. You better take some authority for your wife, for your marriage, for your, church, for your business. You don't just let it happen. You don't let the economy just happen to your business. You don't just life this happen. You take authority. Don't throw away your confidence. Oh, God's got a plan for me. Plan to prosper me, not to harm me. To give me a hope and a future. My life is in God's hands. If God is for me, who can be against me? In this life, I'll have trouble, but don't worry, He's overcome the world. I'm gonna put in my life in His hands. When it gets tough, I'm with the one who's overcome. I'm linked to Him. I'm gonna take authority. I'm gonna submit to Him. I've only got as much authority as the authority of under. I'm gonna come under the authority of Jesus. I'm gonna let Him lead my life. If I have great authority, if I'm under great authority, I'll have great authority. We said it, whatever you fear the most has the most authority in your life. said it last week. Are you fearing God, fearing being outside of His will? Let's take authority. That's what I love about water baptism. It's the first step of obedience. We should be quick. Jesus wants us to declare publicly what He's done privately. We should be quick to respond. We shouldn't wait. I'll think about it. No, this is for Jesus. This isn't to please man. This is an obedience to Him. We should be quick to be obedient. I always think you can measure where you act with God at the speed you respond to what He asks you to do. We should be quick to respond. You know, even as you sit in this room, Salvation is not only receiving Jesus as your Savior, paying the price of your sin, but it is also about putting Him first. Of course, it's at the top of the list. If He's not first in your list, He's not on your list. He's never come second, third, or fourth. He's only come first. But sometimes we live in a way that we think's fine. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but at the end, it's the way of death. And you and I need to go, clearly this isn't the way because John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't know how you're living, 
I wanna invite you to live for Jesus, to put Him first, to receive the free gift of salvation. Romans 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, it's a gift from God. You can't earn it, but you can receive it. Will you today open up your hearts to receive the free gift of salvation? I encourage you to put Him first in your life. Maybe you're sitting here, Andre, He's not first in my life. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. I want to lead you in a prayer to put Him first, to receive His forgiveness. With every eye closed, table view, camps bay, online. Scripture says that God knocks on the door of your heart. For some of you, it's like, it's a spiritual thing happening. It's like God's actually knocking on the door of your heart. It says, open up that door and let Him come in. Scripture says that, that the Holy Spirit draws you to God. This is drawing that's happening in your heart right now. Tell you, can't spare online. Maybe you're sitting and saying, Andre, there's been a way I've lived, but I, I know it's not right. I, know, I now know that Jesus is the way. If that's you, I wanna encourage you to respond. I wanna lead you in a prayer. We've got leaders at Tailview and at Camps Bay who's just gonna see you respond. And of course, Scripture says you acknowledge Christ before others. Christ will acknowledge you before our Father in heaven. With every eye closed, for everyone who sees it, just I wanna give people that opportunity to respond. I'm gonna count to three. If that's you, just give me a wave and say, I wanna lead me in that prayer. It's such a privilege because somebody did this for me. Somebody led me in this prayer. One, God loves you so much. Two, today's the day of salvation. You have to wait one more day. Three, pop your hand up if that's you. Table view, camps bay. Pop your hand up right now. That's you. Say, Andre, I need to come back to Jesus. I need to put Him first in my life. I need to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. If that's you, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, today's the day. I'm, I'm coming back to Jesus. I wanna make right with God. I want to receive the free gift of salvation. Awesome, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. That's me. Awesome. Let's pray. Table view, camps bay. Let's pray as a church family and online. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession, this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Come on, let's give Jesus thanks and praise. For anyone who made that decision, you will see in the next few days on our website, there'll be a next step. It's a, a Jesus step, help you to discover your relationship with Jesus, what your next step is, and really build good foundations. Um, I'm gonna hand over to Matt at Camps Bay, to Online Family. I'm gonna say goodbye to Camps Bay. Enjoy the water baptisms. For everyone who's getting water baptized at Tableview, why don't you go to the toilets, ladies, ladies, gents, gents, and go get ready. Remember, we're gonna be celebrating with people who are getting baptized today. For everyone else, Remember, please collect your these buckets. You can bring them. We, we're going to be handing these out on the 13th of December. So you got the next few Sundays. Remember to book your seats for our Christmas experience. We're here at Tailview on the 12th. So please, you can book online. Um, you can go to our Next Steps area and give your name and, and number. Or if you need to find out about Growth Track first week, uh, first Tuesday of, this, uh, for, of next month, go to our Next Steps area as you walk out. Um, have an awesome Sunday. Matt's preaching tonight if you want to come out double dip have a great one cheers guys